0: Welcome to A Matter of Principles, a podcast from the Association of Washington School Principals. We've got some original podcasts in our feed, the podcast you're about to hear is the audio from an episode of AWSP TV, our talk show for principals. Make sure to tune in to our live episodes and catch all of our shows by subscribing to our YouTube channel. In the meantime, enjoy the audio from this episode of AWSP TV.
1: Well, welcome to another episode of AWSP TV. We're excited today to have Sue Anderson from OSPI with us, who's the Director of Educator Effectiveness. And we've invited her to come down and spend some time chatting with us today about TPEP and our evaluation system and uh, putting the G, growth mindedness, in in our evaluation. So welcome, we're glad you're here.
2: Thanks, Ron. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah. yeah.
1: Good. Well, so maybe just kind of open with our our conversation around a little bit of history of TPEP and you've been in this from the very beginning.
2: I have, yeah, when, yeah. It, when it started, I was actually in a school district okay. and uh, part of the team uh, working with Scott Seaman, in fact, uh, leading, leading Tumwaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, foray into the world of TPEP and then uh, became an assistant principal in Tumwater, mm-hmm. and had a chance to use it as an evaluator, um, be part of that process, and now, um, now it's part of my plate at OSPI. Yes, yeah.
1: so you spent a lot of time in the TEPAP world. These yes, days. I, have. Yeah. I have.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good.
1: Yeah. Well, so talk. I mean, since you've seen it from the beginning, and you know where we are now, and kind of where we're headed, maybe mm-hmm. just talk to us a little bit about what have you seen over. Time TPEP's been with us for eight years now. Yeah,
2: I think it's been eight. Okay, um, maybe a little bit more than that. And um, I think you know when it first rolled out, I know districts were all involved in um, understanding sort of the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. How is this going to work? Um, how are we going to score things? What what that's going to what is that going to look like? And we um, also every district got to choose an instructional framework right. and so I know in Tomwater we were very busy about that, exploring all three, deciding which one we were mm-hmm. going to use um, and figuring all of that out and um, I almost see where we are now as a recovery from <laughs> that period Right. <laughs> in that um, some a few districts in our state already had an instructional framework mm-hmm. they had said okay we want some descriptions about what best practice is in instruction, and they looked toward, you know, Marzano or Sal or or Danielson right. to describe that, and, and they had already been doing work in that area before TPEP ever came around. But um, but other districts, most districts actually, their first uh, brush with an instructional framework was when they were choosing one for TPEP, right. and I think that has saddled the instructional framework with um, with a compliance mindset mm-hmm. and I know in some places, you know, the, the time the framework comes out is around evaluation conversations and right. otherwise it's sort of locked in the cupboard. Um, so what we're really wanting to do is bring those frameworks front and center mm-hmm. and say these are the foundational documents about you know what we think in you know good instruction looks like right. and they should be guiding our thinking about practice mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and, then, and then we look at them you know, through the lens, and, and that is the growth lens right, right there. And then when it comes time for evaluation, you know, we say, okay, so here's the evidence of practice and where does this fit on the instructional framework? Right. And it provides that great third point. So it's not you know, your opinion and my opinion about what differentiation looks like or what good classroom management is. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see here's what happened and here's how it's described in our framework. Where does this match up?
1: Right. You know, I, I evaluated teachers pre-TPEP uh-huh. and then post. And mm-hmm. you know, it was really interesting when I first started evaluating that um, classroom management or instructional skill, which were part of the criterion that we evaluated on, had no framework that I was aware of
2: uh-huh. um,
1: to talk about what that looked like. So uh-huh. it really was you and I having a conversation around what that meant right? and what did I think, satisfactory or unsatisfactory.
2: Right, yeah. Um,
1: And I really appreciated that both the instructional framework and then the learning focused conversation Mm -hmm. skill set really helped to elevate my practice. And I felt like my conversations with teachers were so much better because we had that third point and Mm -hmm. kind of a continuum and a roadmap of of what good teaching and learning look like, Mm -hmm. um, tools around how to effectively have those conversations Mm -hmm. around where are we, where do we want to go, yeah, it wasn't easy. You know, I was in a pilot district, so uh-huh. there was a lot of work that went into that. Right, but yeah. um, coming out the backside of that, I was so thankful that between those two pieces, I felt like evaluation and the conversations that happened in between each evaluation mm-hmm. were so much more productive, mm-hmm. um, which is where I'm excited about this conversation day because we're talking about how, how are we starting to see our system move from compliance um, and logistics to conversation and growth, and really kind of road mapping what it looks like to be continuously improving our practice.
2: Mm -hmm. Sure, sure,
1: yes. Yeah, so um, as you think about kind of that that growth mindset and how we leverage those instructional frameworks, um, you know, evaluation is something that we're required to do. Mm -hmm. It's this, um, I'm starting to talk about the evaluation event that happens in May
0: mm-hmm.
1: and evaluation, the mindset that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Every interaction we have, every um, lesson that we deliver, we're hopefully continuously evaluating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did that go? What would I do differently? What went well? You know, how do I adjust for students? Um, so maybe talk a little bit about you know, how have you seen and what is your vision around how we're really using a framework to think about improvement as opposed to this document that we pull out in September and in May mm-hmm. to say, who am I, what's my score? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think it really, um, I think one of the, the key things that um, that we've learned in uh, the University of Washington just completed a report yeah. on principals and TPEP. And, and principals uh, overwhelmingly believe that that it has increased the quality of their conversations mm-hmm. with teachers. But they also feel very constrained by time and right. the ability to have those conversations. And, um, and I think part of that is the idea that I- these conversations need to be the evaluation events right. rather than that ongoing feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a thing that's helped is um, one of the changes that we made in the WAC actually expanded the definition of observation yeah so that um so that you can be collecting evidence on criterion eight when you walk in and spend some time in a plc or on criterion seven when you go to family math night or um you know some of these other things that happen when you sit down with the teacher to look at student work you can be you know collecting evidence it isn't just the old uh, pre-conference observation, post-conference right. time—that yeah. really is, you know, time that you're observing. But I think the other thing is that that time isn't isn't a—it's um, not a hoop time. It's the very real work mm-hmm. of the school. It's the, you know, how am I growing as a teacher? How am I growing as a school leader? And thinking about that in terms of the instructional framework, which really describes. Pretty much everything that teachers do, right. and so using that tool um, for reflection on a pretty consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's so wonderful about an instructional framework is that you know once you take a look and say, okay, so here's where my practice matches up. How can it get even better? All you have to do is look to the right, right. and it right. tells you yeah. exactly what to do.
1: Mm-hmm. So. You know, kind of staying on that. Then, who is it that can collect that evidence and collect the information and have those conversations? I think a lot of times we get stuck in this idea that it has to be the principal and the teacher that are collecting that evidence and having those conversations and kind of moving along that um, continuum Mm -hmm. from you know a level one to a level four and Mm sad to you know distinguished, but what have you seen around the state in terms of how people are really starting to leverage that and get traction around true growth
2: i think that um if the principal feels that he or she is the only instructional leader in the building Mm -hmm. that's that's problematic Mm -hmm. um because there's no way that one person can be the keeper of all that growth right and, um, and I think in places where principals feel like they've kind of figured it out around TPEP, a couple of things, I, I would say probably the number one understanding that they have is that they can't do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. They may have something very concrete, like an assistant principal or um, a dean of students, you know, someone who can either be taking on some of the evaluation Piece or can be um, maybe, you know, doing some of the other tasks that free the principal up to be right. able to spend more time in classrooms. But um, but the other thing, I think the, the big resource that's out there um, are the teachers in the building. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know that when I was a teacher, I was, um, you know, I was a pretty good teacher, and I was good at a number of things. I wasn't very good at differentiation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I you know, as, as an instructional leader, wasn't the best person in the school to lead conversations with right. teachers around differentiation. Right. I walked into classrooms where there were teachers knocking it out of the park on mm-hmm. differentiation. Those are the people who should be leading that work in the building. Right. And so who, it's, um, I think sometimes it can be a time saver in the end to spend a little bit of time thinking about each, what is the contribution that each person in the building can be making mm-hmm. to this system. Yeah. And, um, you know, what is this teacher ready for? And it might be a leadership role. Mm-hmm. How can this teacher maybe be leading on something where he or she is really skillful? Um, and it, Or it might be a next learning step. Um, mm-hmm. I think that can be helpful.
1: You know, it's. I like that you mentioned that. I, I think about, um, you know, Fullen's work, and he talks about the lead learner in the building, and that as the instructional leader, you can't lead at all and probably shouldn't be. There are mm-hmm. people that can teach and lead circles around what I can do as a principal because that's their wheelhouse and that's their day-to-day practice, mm-hmm. you know, using mm-hmm. that same example. And I would agree, in my in my own practice as a teacher, I didn't differentiate, differentiate instruction as well as I could have and should
0: have. Mm-hmm.
1: So for me to push in and lead that work doesn't make sense, but for me to facilitate that mm-hmm. and encourage those conversations and set up structures and practices and really give permission mm-hmm. that the growth in practice happens in the collegial conversations, mm-hmm. not in the you know, top down kind of conversation. Um, what a great way to encourage you know, high quality PLCs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, how do we use staff meeting time? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of ways that teachers can collect their own evidence mm-hmm. and push themselves in their practice without me having to be the one to, to, to lead that.
2: Right, and it's so much uh, more easily received when it's someone right. who is doing that work of right. teaching who's sharing that message of how it might be possible. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of moving into that idea, then, that you know every teacher has something specifically, something specific that they're working on. Um, you know this idea of individualizing or differentiating mm-hmm. your evaluation, mm-hmm. um, and, and that self-assessment, where you are in your practice and where you want to mm-hmm. where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about? what you see and what you see the evolution of that looking like in terms of, you know, principals being able to facilitate and lead and kind of push that idea of the differentiated individualized evaluation system. Mm
2: -hmm. Sure, Um, I think initially, because we were all kind of uncomfortable with this new system, it was sort of clunky. Yeah. (laughs) And I think what that led to actually is um, principals taking a much more um, active role than uh, you know kind of controlling the process because they were the ones who knew how and I think a lot of teachers are like I don't, what does this mean what do I do what mm-hmm. am, what am I supposed to do and um, and I believe that over time um, as principals have really sort of trusted the power of the framework and also their ability to empower their teachers um, in working with an individual teacher it it you know, this is where we get into, I think, the difference between comprehensive and, and focused evaluations, right. but um, but when a teacher's in a comprehensive situation, it's kind of like, it's like a full physical, you know, everything's got to get checked out, right. and right. at the same time, it's impossible to focus on everything, right. and so that experience can be very powerful if there is some focus to it, and um, principles are not able to be in classrooms necessarily I mean they they aren't there to experience the day-to-day of right. what the teacher is experiencing right. and so um, to some extent you know I think to a large extent it's important for the the principal to facilitate the ability of the teacher to do a good job with mm-hmm. self-assessment mm-hmm. and to use learning focused conversation skills to really facilitate that that self-examination and to coach teachers around you know, figuring out where they believe their um, instructional growth can have the most impact on students.
1: So in my work around the state, self-assessment seems like it can be kind of a bugaboo in places because mm-hmm. there are some places where um, people are not necessarily encouraged to either engage in or share mm-hmm. the self-assessment.
2: Mm-hmm. Or perhaps sometimes even allowed. <laughs> right. Um,
1: yet, you know, how do you know where you are if you don't stop and inspect it and reflect mm-hmm. on where where that is? So mm-hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about just what is the best practice around that? So say you are in a system where, whether it's contractually, whether it's just kind of the culture, the climate of the district, whatever that is that, um, people are kind of holding those self-assessments tightly, Mm -hmm. how would you guide people to use it anyway in order for that to be an important tool to reflect on your practice and continue to see where you are in in terms of that journey um, towards improvement? Mm
2: -hmm. I think perhaps it's to ignore the self-assessment as as a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and simply have a conversation um, with the teacher about, okay, so um, you know here we here we are, um, getting ready to start a new year. and we can maybe talk about this later about sure. a conversation that may have happened in in May around around what we're talking about now. but um, ready to start a new year. and um, so as you, have had a chance to get to know your class a little bit and are thinking about what some of their needs are as learners, what do you see as some areas that you'd like to focus on mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a teacher, as a learner, as the lead learner in your classroom? Right. Um, and I think you can um, avoid the conversation about any specific tool that might have done that, but just what are their reflections on however they have come to that conclusion, whether they went into eval and did a full bore self-assessment, right. or whether they simply spent some time over the summer thinking about how they wanted to improve in their practice. Um, how can you you know, capture that? And then make sure that you're there to support them in that learning that they've identified.
1: Have you, have you seen um, places where people are getting traction around really kind of leading learning about the framework itself. I know that you know statute says that it, it's our responsibility as building leaders to ensure that our teachers understand their evaluation system mm-hmm. and principal evaluators mm-hmm. ensure principals do. Um, but I really believe that unless you really understand your framework, it's hard to speak framework mm-hmm. and it's also hard to think about where do I go next? Mm-hmm. So, have you seen kind of best practices or places where people really are using the frameworks to generate and drive conversation around quality instruction and what that looks like?
2: Sure. Um, I think that in a number of districts, they are very intentional in any kind of professional learning setting in pulling out the framework and and you know having it sort of front and center. This is mm-hmm. this is you know we're going to be working on. Differentiation, or, or um, you know, student talk today, uh-huh. and um, you know, here's what it looks like in our framework, and then you know, really kind of making that happen. The other thing that some districts are doing, um, just in the last couple of years, as people have been applying for the I grant money, um, some of them, uh, particularly those where the um, where the principal staff had, has been relatively stable over mm-hmm. the last seven mm-hmm. or eight years. Um, they've brought in framework specialists to kind of revisit the framework. Let's yeah. go through this again. I mean, we don't want to do the whole, you know, six-day thing, but where are some areas where we might refocus our mm-hmm. learning and just kind of remind ourselves of, of what it really says in that framework? Um, some are using the video calibration tools that are now in eval, mm-hmm. um, but some are just, you know, really just kind of looking back at the framework itself and thinking about um, about their own understandings of that framework and then around the work that they're doing with their staff.
1: Yeah. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things that we spend a lot of time talking with principals about is this idea that just because you touch it once doesn't mean we're done.
2: Right. You know,
1: whether we talk about what are our agreements or commitments as a staff around mm-hmm. what our school year is going to look like, what, you know, when we, do PBIS with kids, mm-hmm. we do it every year and we do it a, a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't we do that with staff? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's interesting when I think about some of the districts who were early adopters or implementers of the evaluation system, when have they really taken time to come back and open the hood and really inspect what they're doing and mm-hmm. say, is this, is this the way it should be or is this the way we've always been doing it? And yeah. what an opportunity to be able to, um, invites some people from the outside to come in and help you reflect and inspect and maybe kind of rethink mm-hmm. some of the practices. Sure. Um, sure. It's interesting when I work with, with um, some of our members that we hear what goes on in the district, and we say, are you doing that because you think you have to? Mm-hmm. Or is it self-inflicted? Is it something you imposed on yourself? Because here's what the law says, uh-huh. and in some ways we make lives difficult. for ourselves in in the TPEP realm.
2: We've developed over the past few years um, an evaluation system toolkit. And we're actually gonna put the uh, finishing touches on the June version and pop it out. It'll be on the C-STEP website until um, we can make it compliant with the requirements for the OSPI website. But we've been sharing it out over the last few years and it gets better every time we do. But there inevitably, every time we've taken it and shared it with a, a group of districts, at some point something comes up and um, they say, yeah, but you know, blah 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 blah." And we say, well, that's a local decision. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not in the Whack, it's not in the RCW, it may be in your CBA, but it wasn't required. Yeah. And I think that they at the beginning when people were afraid of TPP, um, I mean, you know I'm, I'm it's hyperbole, but yeah. when people were concerned about it, yeah. they were, you know, they made a lot of rules around mm-hmm. how it would be used to protect themselves and also, I think, to make sure that it got used right. um, appropriately, and, um, and I think now a lot of districts are thinking, well, okay, we're, we're more comfortable with how this is working, and in fact, some of these things are getting in our way and not allowing us to, they're they're creating hoops that we're jumping through, they're creating a compliance mindset, yeah. and what we really want to be able to do, you know, every teacher, every principal, every year gets to do TPAP, right. so how can this, um, how can this activity become a really important tool in the box, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, because it's all about the right stuff, it's about right. great teaching, it's about great leading, and so, how can that be something that we are excited about, and isn't about checking boxes, but something that really helps push push things forward?
1: Right. Well, you know, when it when it first rolled out, we were worried about the the TPEP police and the yes. you know the commando <laughs> helicopters coming in, making sure everything yeah, was compliant. Exactly. And, um, it was so much about nuts and bolts. And am I meeting the law? And mm-hmm. if if I'm not rating a certain number of people unsatisfactory, I'm not doing my job, and all of that stuff. Um, And because of that, we skipped Over the whole concept that it it could and should be this organic part of what we do Mm -hmm. you know the my mind always jumps to the phrase we use in our district was just this natural harvest yeah what are you already doing Mm -hmm. that we can stop and take a picture of and take a look at and say Mm -hmm. so what is this an example of is Mm -hmm. this an example of great practice Mm -hmm. is it an example of you know something that's solid but I can improve on And I think there's a great opportunity for principals to be able to say, you know, when we talk about what's difficult in the TPEP world for me, Mm -hmm. I I think a really great question to ask is, so is that difficult piece or process difficult because of something we've self-inflicted, we've told Mm -hmm. ourselves we have to do, Mm -hmm. or is it something that's really in statute? And then to start to think about, so what do I do about that? Are there Mm -hmm. some other practices or, some lines of thinking that can allow me to come at it a different way.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: I know that the UW study talks about um, some spaces where principals found that TPEP got easier because they were able to do some things. Mm-hmm. Um, can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about, you know, what, what did the research tell us about places where principals felt like, you know, it's, it's not so bad, mm-hmm. it's, it's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? What did people point towards?
2: They, they really. The I think the most important thing that um, that principals who were not feeling um, un, unduly burdened by uh-huh. it, or in fact were seeing it as a you know a help to them, was they did really share the load. Right. They said, okay, so um, my admin assistant is helping me in these ways mm-hmm. um, by making sure that. I have stuff, the stuff that has to happen, the, right. the, those compliance pieces are scheduled and, and that stuff is you know, ready to roll. So I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, had support from their district office. Um, their, um, they, were, they felt that they had colleagues from whom they could uh, learn, people they could share ideas mm-hmm. with, thought partners around this process. And then they also looked toward their staff for assistant uh, assistance. If they had an assistant principal or if they had a dean of students, mm-hmm. um, you know, being thoughtful about what uh, that person's skills were and where they might best be used. Um, and then just really leveraging the heck out of teacher leadership yeah. and uh, how can I get teachers. So we haven't really talked about the, the changes to the focused evaluation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think this has been um, a great boon to some principles. Yeah. Um, that idea that in in the focused evaluation, your score's already set. It's what you've got on your comprehensive. Right. So choose something challenging right. to yeah. work on. And um, and you know my job as the instructional leader is to provide support for that. Well, mm-hmm. support might look like hooking you up with the three or four other people in your school who are working on that same thing, right. mm-hmm. and a thoughtful colleague who's pretty smart about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a PLC, you're digging into that and I'm just cheering you on. Right. And um, I think those, those kinds of things not only take some burden off the principle, mm-hmm. um, they deepen relationships, they deepen trust. And, uh, and they also just um, make, make it clear that it's not about the evaluation. It's about the growth that yes. can happen during this time. Yeah. And um, so uh, I think it ha- it has tremendous potential. Mm-hmm. And I think in places where principals have been able to leverage the other folks in the system mm-hmm. who can help them, they're feeling um, more comfortable, even maybe excited about this opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to leverage growth.
1: Yeah. I- I appreciate that the the idea that as a principal, it sh- my job is to help to help to guide you, help to facilitate that conversation around. So where is it you see yourself heading?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, provide the resources, mm-hmm. whether it's some fiscal pieces or the opportunity to visit other teachers, or just the connecting the human resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really getting out of the way Mm -hmm. and letting the professional be a professional. Right, right. Right. As a teacher, I know what I need. I know where I am. Um, I could use your guidance in helping me to kind of see the roadmap sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: But let me be the one to drive that car. Right. And to, as a principal, to be able to use the evaluation system or structure, I guess, to say, okay, so let's hit the, hit the pause button every once in a while, mm-hmm. check in, where are we going, mm-hmm. what's needed, mm-hmm. what's missing, mm-hmm. um, and kind of recalibrate, mm-hmm. and then go again. Mm-hmm. As a principal, that takes some load off of me. It honors and values the professional, right? and we all like to do things that we have choice in, right. so our That's teachers right. feel honored and respected because they've got choice, and we check in, and we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's in the evaluation world. Mm-hmm but we're not, the, we're not having to lead that. Right. Teachers get to lead it because they're the professionals.
2: Right. Awesome. And they know best what they need, yeah.
1: So you and I sit on the TPEP steering committee yeah. together. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we had this opportunity to really kind of um, take a look at focus yeah. and kind of drove some whack changes around, uh, making some things more allowable and taking some pressures off. So mm-hmm. maybe talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what is the intent Mm-hmm. and what are some good practices around, you know, I still feel like this whole idea of the comprehensive score carries across and focus for a few years mm-hmm. um, allows us to dig deep. Mm-hmm. I've, I feel like for a lot of people that's still kind of new mm-hmm. and not 100% sure about what I do with that. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about from a OSPI or a Ledge perspective around, so what about that? What, is, what does that look like?
2: Well, I think that, you know, the the, I remember very well those meetings, and perhaps mm-hmm. you do too, where it became very evident to us that we, the focused evaluation was becoming this, uh, this really very hoopy <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and for very logical reasons, uh, teachers and principals alike were not necessarily choosing something challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it took more time if you did that, and, and time is always short. Um, but more important, there's risk. There was risk Absolutely. involved. If I start looking at something that I, I know is an area where I need to grow, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, so what we really wanted to do was take the risk out of that and, mm-hmm. and say, no, no, this is a supported growth opportunity. This, mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't risky because you've already proven through your comprehensive evaluation, that you're you're good. You know we're yeah. we're excited you're here teaching in our building, and right. um, that's not what we're here about. Now we're about what's next for you, mm-hmm. and um, so we're excited about that. Um, there's this funny little um, thing that's kind of, and so I think it's really important when that happens to be thoughtful about, okay, so what is a good choice Mm -hmm. um, for a teacher, for a principal as they're choosing where to focus in the focused evaluation and thinking about where they feel they would like to, and maybe this is based on the results from the comprehensive evaluation, or it might be based on some specific needs that their kids have Mm -hmm. that year, you know, what are my students, or what are they asking of me? right now that I'm not feeling, you know, I've always been an ace classroom manager, but this year I've got some stuff that's really thrown right. me for a loop. Right. Um, so I want to dig deeply into that. Um, so there's that whole idea of, you know, what's going to be meaningful for me mm-hmm. right now? Um, and then and then what's the mechanism to help with that? I think the instructional framework at this point is just a guide mm-hmm. for ideas and possibilities. and. So in my um, last evaluation on this particular criterion, my level of performance might have been basic. Mm-hmm. And so um, just kind of putting that whole conversation aside, but one to the right, what does that practice look like yeah. at the proficient level and what kinds of supports might I want for that? Or, or I really, you know, I, I felt like I, I have this, but I want to really deepen my practice. What is, mm-hmm. what is the next step for me? But really, using the instructional framework, not to say you're level this, but to say um, you know here's here's a great description of this, and here's some resources that yeah. can you know help you move to the yeah. next level. You
1: know, it's funny. We, I mean, there were some very real um, consequences. In the focus world, if you grab that, I mean there were a lot there are a lot of evaluations that happen where people land in proficient or even distinguished uh-huh. and have a criterion that's still basic. Exactly. Right? Yep. Um, and if I were to move on to focus in the old system mm-hmm. um, and grab onto that basic and was still basic at the end of the year, there were some real consequences. Yes, to there that, were. Right. Yeah. So yep. to be able to shift off of that and say, okay, so like you said, we know that overall your practice is proficient or better. Mm-hmm. So let's grab onto that piece where there's room for some growth mm-hmm. and allow you to focus in. That's exactly what we do with students in our classroom. Yes, it is. Right. is. We've got those students mm-hmm. who are rocking and rolling in a bunch of different areas, mm-hmm. and we don't say, okay, great, stay, stay great at this. We right. say, okay, so let's go take a look at this other area that maybe mm-hmm. isn't as strong for you, mm-hmm. because to, to get better all around, mm-hmm. everything needs to get better. That's right. So as a principal then, we really should be helping our teachers to understand that this isn't about you not being a good teacher. It's about you grabbing an area of your practice that could use some refinement. Mm -hmm. We all have them. And the fact that there's really kind of this hold harmless Mm -hmm. and So my job is to work with you and to connect you with other people Mm -hmm. to inspect this part of your practice that is going to benefit you and kids in our building
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: to continue to
0: grow.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that hold harmless, it's really an opportunity for, you know, when teachers first shake hands with the with the framework, it's often it's because they're new either to the to the district or to teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a big scary thing as much as districts many districts try to make that first handshake with the framework be about, you know, this is our, you know, instructional foundation, you know, blah blah blah. They don't talk about TPEP and evaluation till later. It still kind of has that feeling to it. When a teacher moves into the focused evaluation, it's like it's just this opportunity to love up your framework right. and really get to know it in a in a way where it, this isn't a scary thing. This is just mm-hmm. this is just important information that's out there that can be helpful to you as a professional as you're right. looking to grow.
1: Yeah. So obviously, the the whole intent of this mm-hmm. is that that. My practice as a principal, a teacher's practice, as a you know leading a classroom, is to make sure that we're the best that we can be for kids, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so one of our one of the components in our in our evaluation system is that student growth side, where yes. it really talks about, okay, so you're doing all of these things, you're a good teacher, you're a good principal, so what? What's, mm. what's the impact on kids? Mm-hmm. So built into 358, 368, depending on your framework, right. or on your leadership or instructional, right? right. Are these student growth components? Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be wonky for some people in mm-hmm. the state. It's mm-hmm. It can be a little bit difficult. Um, people really struggle with what's the right thing? What mm-hmm. should I be focusing on? How do I know if I'm doing it correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you've seen that evolve around the state.
2: Mm -hmm, Sure, sure. I think the the thing I like to to start with when talking about student growth is, first of all, that's the thing. (laughs) That's why we're here. That's Mm -hmm. why we have the lunch ladies, and the buses, and the buildings, and the teachers, and the principals, and the district people, and the Mm -hmm. accountants, and the, you know, it's about student growth. That's what we're after. So it is. The most important thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, how we go about that and how we think about that is is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so. When TPEP was rolled out, the student growth pieces were being worked out. Right, they came later. They came later. Yeah, yeah. and because of that, I think um, they. I think, and I think this is both for good and for ill, they uh-huh. received less emphasis yeah. initially than the, you know, people were all about their frameworks and mm-hmm. figuring out how to score and how mm-hmm. we're gonna average and all those things. And, um, so, oh yeah, that's right, student growth. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if we were tired or if <laughs> what exactly. Gun shy, what, <laughs> right. what was it? It was just new, right. it was new. And so it's like, I think people defaulted a lot to what can we easily quantify. Mm -hmm. And plus, we're all about data now. I mean, we have a lot of data out there, a lot of numbers that we can use, and so let's put those to work. Hard, concrete
1: numbers. Concrete numbers, yes,
2: yes. So um, as I've been thinking a lot more about student growth in the last couple years, um, particularly this year, it's been really top of mind for me. Mm the, the thing is, um, vocabulary lists, math timings, you know, some of those little minutiae dibbles, that are dibbles, DRAs, yeah, yeah, yes, that's right, that are so easy to quantify, mm-hmm. are not really, where, not that they're not, I'm not saying they're not important, mm-hmm. but that's not where the big learning lives. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate in our state in that we have learning standards that really reflect big ideas. Right. And academic practices mm-hmm. and um, finding a way to make student growth about those
0: mm-hmm.
2: can give us a lot more leverage with that right there was a wonderful speaker uh, keynote speaker at WERA this year um, Yemi Stembridge mm-hmm. and he had um, video examples of three different teachers one was a first grade teacher and her big idea that she was trying to get across to her first graders was being reading advocates Mm. and so when when you're a reading advocate it means you are you want to be reading and understanding well so Mm -hmm. when you get to a word you don't know what do you do and kids in her class knew six or seven different things that they would do when they got there and and for her that was the most important thing not only was being a reading advocate Mm going to help kids with first grade but it was going to help them for the rest of their lives Um, the middle school math teachers were looking at productive struggle in Mm -hmm. math and how do you, you know, when you're encountering something that's challenging, what are the different skills that you bring to it? How do you view this and continue to move on? Mm -hmm. Um, It was a wonderful segment on a world history teacher who for him the big idea that he wanted his students to have was that lack of empathy was at the root of conflict in the world. (laughs) And so where you see conflict you know what? What were people not understanding about each other in right. order for that to happen? These are all lifelong skills. Right. These aren't just good for the test the next day. These they are,
1: transcend grade levels and courses. Absolutely,
2: right? there there are things about what it means to be a functioning human in the world. Right, right. And um, and so, so the big question though with this is oh. How are we going to quantify that? Yeah. You know, how do we how do we do that?
1: What's the number on empathy?
2: How, exactly. do, I, how do I measure empathy? Exactly. Right. And so um so I like to think about um, some maybe less conventional ways sometimes that mm-hmm. people might be collecting data. It's walking around with a clipboard as you're listening in to students having discussions about in the in the conflict in Kosovo, you know what were the Serbs not understanding about the Albanians and what were the Albanians not understanding about the Serbs Um, and hearing a student articulate that and and checking them off Mm -hmm. for that particular skill
1: But that is data.
2: That's data. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not a paper-pencil test, but it's still data that we're taking. No, that's right. Um, uh, What Yemi Stembridge was doing and showed us in the keynote was um, video examples. So the first grade teacher was asking her students on video about what does it mean to, what what do you do when you get stuck when you're reading? And so her students were able to articulate the possible steps they would take mm-hmm. when they got stuck, mm-hmm. when they were reading. And, um, and it was just you know, a wonderful example of yeah. how they were getting it. So I know, well, okay, so how am I gonna interview all, you know, 37 mm-hmm. of my kids? Um, and, and I think some of it is just as We would like our principals to be doing the natural harvest of our teaching by leaning in and catching us doing things Mm -hmm. as we go about our daily Mm -hmm. lives. There may be opportunities for teachers to be leaning in and catching their students, demonstrating these skills as they go through their work. And if Mm -hmm. you have big idea skills, you you will see them in evidence because they're not just happening at the moment where you're talking specifically about them. What you care about is that you see them happening later.
1: So it seems to me, so we're we're getting ready to move from this kind of continuous evaluation mm-hmm. to the evaluation event. Yes, in May. yeah, it's um, the time of
2: year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but but then there's this great opportunity to start to talk about, OK, so what about next year, whether it's your practice, um, whether it's some things that you're thinking about with the course or the subject that you're teaching if you're elementary, what are you doing in math or reading? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, I, I think about you know, what you said with uh, the idea of how do we capture that. We can get there in the student growth goals if we're mindful of that in the fall,
0: mm-hmm. right? So when we mm-hmm. sit down
1: and start to talk about either heading into next year, if we're having this conversation mm-hmm. in May, or even better yet when we actually have the faces in front of us that right. we know are gonna be our class this yes. year yeah. to talk about, okay, so what are, what are our goals for these kids? Mm-hmm. Um, and to start to talk about, so what are the goals? How are we gonna measure it? How do we know if we're getting there? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. If we're mindful about that in the beginning, then we can get at some of these kind of bigger concepts, mm-hmm. you know, the math, the reading advocates or the, the problem solvers or the mm-hmm. critical thinkers, any of those things. If we try and capture it now, it's Mm -hmm. gonna be really tough. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is a great opportunity to say, so what are these kind of more um, enduring skills Mm -hmm. that we want kids to have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thinking about May, it's Mm -hmm. evaluation season. Mm -hmm. um, If we want it to really be something that's impactful, Mm -hmm. not a a grade that we stamp and say, okay, you did great this year, um, or here's some areas to improve, but really being growth-minded. Do you have thoughts about what that pre-evaluation or re-evaluation conversation can look like, or how we use that to kinda, and we can have a deeper conversation at some point about what does that look like to springboard into the fall? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we really want it to make an impact, other than it would be just this compliance thing we do in May. Mm -hmm. Do you have some thoughts around that?
2: I think that I I have a few, um, and I think that people out in the field have many, many more. Uh All the things that we're talking about here, there are examples all around the state of people, you know, building on what what we're talking about today and and making it it sing. I think that uh, first, it's important to celebrate, <laughs> and I think taking a moment to reflect back on where things were in September, maybe mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of practice, you know, so all year long you've been thinking carefully about and working on, and you know, da da da, and and um, and so you know, just to to celebrate the fact that that growth has happened right. is an important thing, um, and then I think you know I know it's hard particularly with comprehensive because you have to kind of
1: lots of elements or dimensions to talk about stuff
2: yeah but also make sure that there's um, a really that there are a couple of you know not five but two Mm -hmm. (laughs) or maybe three things that are you know the deeper part of the conversation Um, and and allowing the um you know staying curious Mm -hmm. and allowing the uh the teacher to be really sharing where you know what they're seeing Mm -hmm. about their work um and their context and um i think those are some some important pieces of that
1: i think about the the idea of as a principal sharing my thinking with a teacher you know mm-hmm. hopefully these conversations have been happening all year right um, having having a teacher have that information about what I'm thinking whether it's through eval or mm-hmm. kind of homegrown documents or whatever that is mm-hmm. so that when we come in for that initial conversation if I see three and you see three is there a lot of conversation to have there yeah. as opposed to are there places where we see things differently
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: or are there places where we say, so when we look at where do we want that practice to move next mm-hmm. year, being able to probe with that teacher around, what have you thought about? Mm-hmm. You know, what, mm-hmm. what, where are some places you'd like to go? What's gonna be the most beneficial and have the most impact for students and your colleagues and your families? Right. And to have that conversation there in that space, I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about every element or dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if we're focused, we could spend a lot of time getting into the weeds on some things, but mm-hmm. if we stay in that space where we're talking about really diving into the things that ha- that are gonna have an impact. Yes, um, yes. That's the growth-minded conversation mm-hmm. because they're all important. Right. Um, but I would also argue that there are some that are a whole lot more important than others, yes. right? If we're talking yes. about really good instruction or mm-hmm. being a really good colleague or supporting mm-hmm. families, closing the gap, all of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about being able to take opportunities to front load, mm-hmm. um, and then to come in and start to have that conversation mm-hmm. around. So where do we go next?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's critical. Awesome. Yeah, and a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, yeah.
1: great. Well, so we, you know we've got this opportunity in front of us. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much work in the in the TPAP world that um, you know, we've covered a lot of ground in the last mm-hmm. eight years, and mm-hmm. um, I know that as a when I was in the building as a principal, mm-hmm. there were times that TPEP wanted to make me pull my hair out or made it turn a little bit gray. Uh-huh, sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I really do believe that we have some great opportunities with a system that's got great frameworks, it's got great tools with how do we have those conversations mm-hmm. um, and some really, I think a really nimble state system Mm-hmm. that allows us to say is this working mm-hmm. um, and if not maybe what are some changes that we need to make mm-hmm. so we're really kind of in a cool space and that in some ways we feel a little bit hamstrung but in other ways we're also nimble and responsive and it's this thing that continues to grow and kind of morph
2: mm-hmm. and change yes yes yeah. when it's um, kind of amazing our framework authors all work in a number of different states yeah. And they say, in Washington, you've got an amazing system. Yeah. No one else is really doing this work as thoughtfully yeah. as Washington is. Yeah. And, um, and that, that was how the whole thing began, yeah. I think, in a very, very thoughtful way. Yeah. Um, so, cool. yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for spending thank time with on. us. I, I'm really excited about this. It's, um, it's not always easy. And it's the right thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like people are really starting to get some good traction, coming mm-hmm. up with some great ideas around mm-hmm. how do we make it organic mm-hmm. and honor the professionals doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to being able to have you back and, t- and really start to dive into some of these concepts that we kind of skimmed over the top of today.
2: So, That'd be great. I'd love yeah. to do that.
1: Well, thank you very much for spending time with us. Thanks, and, Ron. And um, we look forward to the next conversation. Great, me
2: too. Take
0: care. Thanks for listening. To catch all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch AWSP TV and our other great video content. If you have ideas for guests or topics you'd like to hear about, shoot me an email at david at awsp.org. We'll do our best to make it happen. On behalf for all of us at AWSP, we hope you tune in again. Keep up the great work for kids, and we'll see you next time.